great to see everyone here this morning. Welcome to everybody who's new. I once uh, heard a saying, there are more people who have heard of a Bible than actually have one. There are more people who have a Bible than have read it. More people who have read the Bible than understand it. And more people who understand it than actually live it. So that's the nature of the Bible. And uh, we take it for granted that we both have a Bible and can read it. Johannes Gutenberg, who invented the printing press, printed the first Bible in 1492. I was very blessed to be able to have seen one of the first Bibles printed in Germany. Guarded in a safe behind very dim lights. And right next to him are Bibles that were handwritten. So you begin to see the transition from written Bibles to actually having a printing press. Before Gutenberg invented the printing press in order to print the Bibles, everything, not only the Bible, was, was written by hand. And therefore, you needed special people to uh, copy the text of the Bible. Not only did you need special people to write the text, you also needed something to write on which was sometimes even more complicated. Usually texts were written on sheepskin, and it took the skin, believe it or not, of 452 sheep to produce a single Bible. If only one monk was working on a Bible, it would take him over three years of doing nothing but writing day and night to produce one single Bible. The whole process from beginning to, get to end was exceptionally costly to produce the materials, and it took thousands of hours to make only one Bible. This process usually took place in a Catholic monastery where monks dedicated their entire lives to reproducing religious and other very important um, historical documents. Today, we're very lucky, or blessed, so to speak, we do not have to kill 452 sheep to have a Bible. All we have to do is go to a bookstore or press that button online to whatever online retailer you use. Not endorsing anyone this morning. That's not the point. <laughs> or even simpler, you can even download the entire Bible, perhaps older versions of the Bible, on your smartphone and read, it in a, uh, read a few minutes a day instead of spending our free time playing random apps like Angry Birds, Candy Crush, or other time-wasting games. In today's letter to, of St. Paul to the Romans, we heard, it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers the doers of the law who are justified. Because we are in church today, all of us are hearing. We are hearers of the Word of God. We have taken time out of our busy schedule to thank God for the many blessings that He has not only given us, but He continues to give us and He continues to surprise us with. We also hear, hopefully very importantly, because we want to recommit our lives to Him, and to his word, to the word that we hear. Our presence at church reminds us that our weekly point of reference in everything we do in our life is the word of God. Hopefully that's the case. 
Regardless of where we work, regardless of who we are, regardless of how difficult or wonderful our week has been, the home we return to every Sunday needs to be the church. That's the voice that we long to hear, the voice that we hear the Word of God amidst the many voices that are competing for our attention. When we hear the Word of God, we realize that we have heard many things during the week. And hopefully, that Word of God that we just heard and the prayers that we reflect on stand out a little more than whatever message you, you heard as you were driving in your car or whatever uh, messages are popping up on your phones. It is unfortunate that many others who are not here are missing this opportunity to slow down and appreciate the abundance of God's gift. Yes, life is difficult. Yes, life is busy. Yes, we can be doing so many other things this morning. But a fast life without the Word of God is like a very fast car missing one thing, a steering wheel. You can have the best car in the world. You have a steering wheel going down the highway. It's not very helpful. That's why it's so important to be living a very fast life. That's okay. But make sure we have some guidance. Make sure the Word of God is our guidance as we look around and see all the things that we want to do and all the things that we can do. Now that things are opening up a little more, we have 10 times, maybe 100 times more things that we can do. So in the midst of all that, where are we going? The good that we need to do, we cannot do by ourselves. That's one of the very important and basic points in our spiritual life. First of all, we need to have goals. But even when we have very clear goals, we can't do these goals. We can't fulfill these goals on our own. That's not applicable only to people who are younger. It applies to everyone at all stages of their spiritual life. Even St. Paul, in a very beautiful section of his letter to the Romans, chapter 7, verse 14 and 15, he says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in other words, what he's saying here is that we need the truth of the Word of God to, hide, to, to guide us and to help us align what God wants us to, to do with what hopefully is good for us and what we want to do ourselves. Therefore, we only grow in our spiritual life when we move from the very important aspect of, that we are all doing here today of hearing, when we move from hearing to actually doing. We cannot push ourselves to do good works by ourselves. Our presence here in church enables us to humbly ask God for help. If we think we can push our own car out of our ditch, then we'll be struggling for a very long time. If your car has ever been stuck in a ditch, you know what that's like. Or if you've lived in an area where there's a lot of snow and you wake up with snow all around you, the harder you push the pedal, the more stuck you get. Today's gospel shows us the very simple kind of response that we should have to the Word of God. And sometimes we really overcomplicate things. 
And that's why these gospel messages, although sometimes they're short and sometimes they're longer, have gems that really apply to every, every, every day in our life. Jesus saw in today's gospels two sets of brothers. He first approaches Peter and Andrew, and he does not give them a very long and complicated treatise of why they should follow him. One of the shortest verses in the entire Bible. He says simply, follow me. That's it. They, he looked at them, and they looked at him, and he said, follow me. And what do they do? Do they ask for a deep explanation? The gospel tells us, at once they left their nets and followed him. Then Jesus went to two other brothers, James and John, and called them. Here too, the gospel tells us, immediately they left their nets and their father and followed him. So amidst all the distractions, amidst all the commotions, amidst all the things that are attracting us and, uh, and maybe perhaps we are thinking we want to do, the simple message is so powerful for us today. How do we follow Jesus? By following him, by leaving the things aside that may be distracting us from a life of faith, from a life that distracts us from spending more time with our family, by spending quality time with those whom we love and our extended family. Set everything aside, follow Christ, and see that our spiritual journey starts with a very small step. There are many things, unfortunately, in our world that all of us are following. Perhaps we like a particular singer, an actor, an actress, an athlete, or a, or a popular TV program or series online. Notice what you do, and this is when I speak in church, it's never a condemnation or a condescension because we all go through the same thing. But it's very important to place in a series of priorities our spiritual life with everything else that we do. So this is an opportunity of, of introspection for all of us without saying that anyone is better or worse than any, anybody else. But notice what we do when we have something of perceived value. As I said, it's something we're watching on TV or perhaps a sports program. Notice what we do and notice how we arrange our entire schedule around that thing that we are about to do. I'm not much of an on-TV sports fan. And what I like to do is drive around on Super Bowl Sunday and see how the streets are empty. And it's great. I took a picture of going to L.A. once on Super Bowl Sunday. Where is everyone? They're all at home watching TV. The whole world has rearranged everything they're doing in order to watch TV. Now, that's an extreme example, but that applies for everything. You might, some of you might get a phone call before something, uh, before a show. So I can't talk right now. I'm watching this show. But notice, stop and notice how much priorities you give to the different things of your life. And regardless of how many things we have to accomplish or how busy we are, our interests in particular things and people quickly become our highest priorities when even other things happen around us. The intensity that some play video games, watch TV, watch movies, or listen to music should never exceed the intensity that we have for reading the Bible or attending church. Imagine we had that intensity of coming to church that we have for all these things that are surrounding us, sports, concerts, music, whatever it is. 
Whatever intensity we have for other things, consider how you can have that intensity and love for the Word of God. And because you are here, be here in a very purposeful manner and make sure you're drawing something out of our prayers, our liturgy, our readings today. By being present here today, we have taken the first step, the very first important step of hearing. And then hopefully we move to the next step of reflecting. What can we do with what we heard? What do we need to rearrange in our life from what we heard? We need to be able to begin to reflect on the Word of God in our life, and then after we leave, to commit to doing some of those things in very practical ways. Don't wait for tomorrow. If there's something in your heart that you feel you need to do, to call somebody, ask forgiveness, spend time with somebody, visit somebody, um, read, a read the Bible, whatever it is that God is speaking to your heart today, as soon as you leave, make sure you move from hearing to reflecting to actually doing. With our presence in church, we not only hear the Word of God through the readings and the prayers, we also hear the Word of God through, through the, 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 the Word of God through the voice of goodness that God places in us. That's also very important. That God has placed His Word not only in the Bible, but also has placed His Word in your hearts. That sometimes there's a, there's a movement of the heart to do something good to those around us and to turn away from things that are wrong even if we don't have the Bible in, for, in front of us. There's a story about a couple who knew that their son was not doing very well financially. And so every week, they sent the son a letter with a large check in the mail. But yet when he called them, he was always complaining about how difficult life was financially. So once again, they sent another check with another letter. Finally, they went to visit him, and they saw his condition was very bad. And they said to him, have you been opening our letters? He said, I don't need letters from you. I need a check. <laughs> Little did he realize that their letter was the check. Their letter was their element of sharing their love and assistance to their son. Very much, the Bible is very much like that. The Bible is sent to us. It's God's love letter from Him to us. Every day, we have access to it now. We don't have to go to a monastery or a church to read it. We have access to this, to this love letter from God. And the good news is, we don't need 452 sheep to get that love letter from God. And we put ourselves in spiritual poverty if we do not open it, to read the treasure that God has personally written for us. And that's another very important element of the Gospels, the Bible. That this is not just a generic, some generic piece of writing for a time past. God has written it individually for each and every one of you, regardless of how old you are and regardless of where you are in your life. When you leave the church, make a point today of reading the Bible a few minutes. I make a point of reading it every day. And read it in a way in which you discover the treasure, that message that God has for you. In brief, without going into all the details of how to read the Bible, if you haven't started reading, start with the Gospels. 
And if, it's a, if you have an entire Bible, that's towards three-quarter mark, where it says Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start there. Read a paragraph before you even have lunch today. Read a paragraph before you have dinner. Read a paragraph before, before you go to sleep. And ask yourself, what did I learn here? What is new? And what strikes me as being so important for my life? And then move on to begin to share it with those in your family. That's the treasure. That's the blessing. That's the love letter of Christ to each and every one of us. Discover the treasure that God has in your home and that God has given you. Like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, who responded immediately. Today, being here in church and hearing the Word of God is an invitation for each and every one of us to respond immediately and to respond generously to God by moving from hearing His Word to reflecting on His Word to living in a practical way His Word, His message, His love instructions to us in every aspect of our life.